Got a, everybody remembers Miss B. Wagner. Incredible support. I, I just think how strong B. finished. You know, she finished so strong. A powerful woman of God right up to the end. Even in her last week, sharing a word of encouragement with me. It's like, thank you, Lord, for, for B. And I was thinking back probably about 15 years ago or so. Uh, I was preaching one of my first messages, a little trial up here, and, and, and I was, was speaking and I told a joke. And after I told that joke, B and a couple others definitely let me know what was proper and what was not proper to be speaking from the pulpit, from the platform. Uh, I think she referred to it as bathroom humor, Pastor. So I'm not going to tell you that joke. <laughs> But I had another story. We spent a good part of, like, the tail end of last week and the first couple days of this week moving. Everything that we had in storage was in boxes. We moved some of that stuff. And as I was sorting through, <clears throat> sorting through some of the important papers, I got reminded, was reminded of, that, of, of B bringing some very gentle and kind <laughs> corrective advice to me, and she had given me a list of appropriate jokes to tell. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> oh. so I, I read through those, and it's like, oh, B, I'm just going to remember and remember and remember you and all of the little cards and the, the story, the appropriate jokes that you can tell in church. <laughs> And this was a story that was among those, and I thought, wow, wow, wow how relevant for, for today. There was a, a young lady, and she had a 10-year-old son, and she came to church. She had not been in church for a long, long time, so she came and decided it was time to bring her son to church. So the son went back to kids' church, and, and she sat through church. As they were leaving, she says, so, son, tell me what you learned in church back there, in your church, in Sunday school, and whatever you want to call it. And he goes, oh, mom, we learned about the children of Israel and their escape. She goes, oh, tell me about it, son. He goes, well, they took off. They, they broke from captivity. They'd been in captivity. They took off and they got away. But they came to this deal where there was a big body of water. She said, and then they got a report, some intel report, that the Egyptians were coming after them. And they go, oh no, what are, what are we going to do? What, what are we going to do? So they were perplexed. They had a problem in front of them, and, and it was like, well, we're going to have to build a dam across this thing. Said, and so she's listening to that, and he goes, and so, Mom, they built a dam across that. He says, but they decided that what they were going to really need to do was put some explosives across that, that bridge. I said, damn, bridge, across this bridge. Put some explosives on that bridge. So once they had all crossed, but she said, Mom, there was a, like a million of them or so. There's a bunch of them. So once they got across that bridge, they communicated back and forth to one another, and Intel said, they're coming, they're coming, they're coming, get ready. He says, and when all of those Egyptians got out over the top of that bridge, they blew the bridge, and they were all killed. Pharaoh's army was killed, and she said, that's what she taught you in class? He goes, not exactly, Mom, but you would never believe the story that she told. <laughs> 
It's like, you know, that's like, yeah, yeah, thank you, B. <laughs> I think sometimes, you know, there are situations that really, to us, need to make sense. You know, it needs to make sense for us, for us to, to believe it, or even to be able to share it or re-communicate you know, what we've heard. And it seems to me that we're going through a time right now that doesn't even make sense. It's like, what in the world is happening? God, where are you? This, this in the natural makes no sense, but something that, that, that came to me this morning... I worked two days on a message and scrapped it this morning. Thought we're going a different direction. It's like, thank you, Lord. <laughs> um, receive a prophet in the name of a prophet and receive a prophet's reward. Receive a prophet in the name of a prophet and, and, and receive a prophet's reward. It's like, wow, you know, I've heard so many prophets and so many differing prophecies, but there are some prophets that, you know, that, that I've tracked and, and that I really believe the words that they, that they come, that they bring, that they speak are words from God. And it's like, wow, but God, you know, but God, but we're in a situation right now that looks like, oh no, what is going to happen to our country? What in the world is coming next? And I say, but God, but God. But God, we start in, the, in, in our natural to look at, to see, and to take God out of the equation, just like we're going to have to build a bridge to get across this thing. It's like, no, no, we don't have to build a bridge. We need to listen to God, and then we need to lean into what he's saying. So I think of, when I think of, J, uh, of Joshua, when he was given the promised land, when he was given the promised land, and God said, every, every place that you put your foot, everywhere the sole of your foot goes, I'm going to give that to you. I think, I believe, that it's still up to us to continue praying for this nation of ours, to continue pressing in, because I don't believe it's finished. I don't believe it's finished. Amen. This is Social Sunday. We're going to go back and we're going to, we're going to have a meal. We're going to do some celebration together. Because I believe we're celebrating what's coming. And then when we start into next week, starting tomorrow, I think we need to be back in praying and fasting for our nation because it's still on our shoulders and we still need to be walking out some of the promises and some of the words and some of what we've been hearing from those prophets. Do we believe in the word of the Lord? Yes. yes. Then we need to walk it out. God's faithful. And I'm believing for some turnaround. Yeah. Shoo. Everybody got these declarations again? Everybody got these, these, these again? This is another thing that, like five years ago, everything went into storage. 
So I preached a message on this and assembled this predominantly, I believe, from some of Steve Backlund's declarations. Everybody remember Steve when he would come around here? It's like it was so awesome. He's the let's just laugh at that, make declarations guy. Powerful, powerful man of God. And, and uh, I think that I put this together at least five years ago because everything we had was in storage. And this is another one of those things that I dug out last Saturday going through boxes of, of stuff that I thought was keeper stuff. And I just felt like the Lord brought this back to me this morning and said, you know, I really want you to talk about this. It's like, we made the declaration, now I want you to talk about it. Let's dive into it a little bit, a little bit deeper. And then I've got some scripture and I've got lots and lots of notes because I've prepared for a long time. But there was a real shift this morning where I felt like here's the direction that we're supposed to go. Are you ready? We're going to first go with, the, with these declarations, and we're not going to make them on, on the front end. I, I want to read them, and I want to talk about it, and then I want us to make these declarations again before we're finished, okay? My vision for the future gives purpose to the present. It's like the mission statement that the Lord gave me 15, 16 years, almost 16 years ago, and said, so get up and write this down, is to equip and empower you, each one that walks through the doors of this church, to fulfill your purpose in Christ. To equip and empower you to fulfill your purpose in Christ. So when you've come to this church to be ministered to, to worship together, the mission that has been given to the leadership of this church is to equip and empower you to fulfill your purpose in Christ. Now, when we're in, equipped and empowered, knowing that there is purpose for our lives, we're looking towards and thinking about that purpose. It gives purpose to our present. Knowing that our future, He has our future in His hands, and we will spend eternity with Him. And when we think about our future that way, and knowing that there's purpose that we have today to share and communicate what He has given you, it gives us purpose for the present. I can choose to think, I can choose what I think about. I don't trust any thought that doesn't have hope attached to it. One of the things that I think about and that, that I know is, and Scripture tells me, all things work together for my good, for those who love God called according to His purpose. Do we have a purpose for our lives? Absolutely. He created you with a purpose. So the things that I think about need to be attached to hope, which is a hope and a, and, and a knowledge and a knowing that my future is in Him, that I will spend eternity with Him, and any thought that comes attached to to that, with that hope attached to it, it's good stuff. That's the kind of stuff that the Bible tells me I need to be thinking about. All things work together for my good. I think that's some of the thing that we should just say together. All things work together, All work together. for my good. my good. God knows, God knows. My, future, my future, my present. My past, past. he's got a big plan for me. me. 
Amen. I get my identity from the Word of God, not my past. I get my identity from the Word of God, not my past, and from the promises of God, which are in His Word. Not my past. The enemy is the one that comes and, and, and try to condemn you, reminding you of your past over and over and over again. You trip and stumble one little time, and he's going to say, I knew you couldn't do it because you did this and this and this and this. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Condemnation is in my past. Calling is in my future. He has plans for me, and my sins are forgotten. He has that incredible ability to forget sins, to forget trespasses, to forget our iniquities from the past. Thank God he forgets. I have permission to be as glorious as I want to be. Now, what exactly does that mean? I have permission to be as glorious as I want to be. Because we are carriers of His glory. We're glory carriers. And when we do what we do, what He shows us to do, what He calls us to do, to glorify Him, He will in return glorify us. It says, Scripture says, uh, in, in Romans it says, that we whom he justifies, he also glorifies. So when we are walking, directed by him, the steps of a righteous man are directed of the Lord, when we're walking, directed by the Holy Spirit, we are giving glory to him and he is glorifying us. Does that make sense? I got kind of quiet right there. When I repent, I change the way I think. Hmm. I've said before, uh, R.T. Kendall, I was listening to him speak at a conference years and years ago, and he said, the closer my walk is with Jesus, the closer that I get to Jesus, the smaller the gap between my conviction, him convicting me of sin, and my repentance. The closer that I get, the smaller the gap between my conviction, not condemnation, conviction. The Holy Spirit came to convict the world of sin, and He continues to cleanse and convict us that we, <laughs> that we will repent. And when we repent, when we submit, it says, as I submit my will to His will, I began to think differently. As I submit my will to His will, I begin to think differently. So when He tells me, even if it's through somebody, Lynn, you need to do that. You need to quit that. This is something that's not quite right in your life. It's like instead of resisting, I'm very quick to submit my will to His to repent of that and to change that. I put on the new man by renewing the spirit of my mind with the Word of God. You know, I, I was thinking and hearing, and I remember hearing that it was like 30 to 50 years the, after the Gospels were, 30 to 50 years after Jesus 
walked with the apostles and the prophets and the, 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 his disciples, that he was teaching them before the Gospels, before the New Testament was actually written. So those that were building the New Testament church were building on the testimonies of the, uh, of the apostles and, and of the disciples through the guidance, through the teaching of the Holy Spirit. So I put on the new man by renewing the spirit of my mind with the Word of God because I have access to the mind of Christ through the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit gives me access to the mind of Christ so I can be taught directly by the Holy Spirit. I'm so convinced that I can do what Jesus did that failure doesn't faze me. <laughs> yeah, I like that one too. And you know why? Because Jesus said, greater things will you do. Greater things will you do. He's made that promise. He made that declaration. Greater things will you do. I'm going to go be, be with my Father, and I'm going to be your advocate, and when you call on my name in prayer, greater things will you do. So I'm so convinced that I can do what Jesus did that failure doesn't faze me, which then gives me permission to make mistakes so I can learn. What's the biggest thing, the biggest issue that keeps me from stepping over the chicken line? Is it fear? F-O-F, yeah. <laughs> fear of failure, fear of failure. But fear of failure, why do we fear failure? Fear of man. Why do we fear man? It's pride. It's a pride issue. I don't want to embarrass myself. I don't want to do something wrong and embarrass myself. So it's it's really, it comes down to pride. It's a pride issue that keeps me from stepping across the chicken line, doing when I, what I have that impression in here that I should do, I could do, maybe. It's like, what if? You know, I think the two most powerful words, the strongest words probably in the devil's language is what if. What if you mess up? What if this doesn't go right? What if that's not what you're really supposed to do? What if? Well, let's just turn around and say, what if it is? <laughs> you know, there's a counterfeit for everything that God does and has done and will do. There's a counterfeit, and there's going to be a counterfeit. And there's going to be another voice that we're, listening, that we're hearing constantly. There's two voices. And God says, what if you, if you, then I. If you, then I. So I will give you every place that the sole of your foot touches, but you have to touch it with the sole of your foot. I'm going to give it to you if. So if you, then I. So then the devil turns around but says, what if? What if? That, boy, I could really get off on, on, the, on the, the whole counterfeit, counterfeit stuff. It's like what the world has taken. I'm going to just talk about this just for a second because this frustrates me so much where God has given us so much, and some of the promises that he has in the Bible, take the rainbow. 
What, what, what does the rainbow mean to us? It's a promise. It's a promise from God. What is it now meaning to the world? I didn't really hardly realize that. It was here several months ago. Tom and I, we were out there, out there working around there, and a couple girls came, and, and they put this big, beautiful rainbow flag on the backstop out there, and they were taking pictures in front of it and stuff, and, and I didn't even realize what was going on. I'm not from the right generation to figure that out. My generation gay meant happy, happy, happy. And, and the rainbow was a promise from God that this is not going to happen again. Well, he, through the world, has been taking things that have been given and have been promised to us and tainting them. Okay, I give myself permission to make mistakes so I can learn. And I have written down, I have to squash pride. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. When we humble ourselves and are willing to step out and take risks and make some mistakes, God will bless us because he will exalt the humble. I don't complain about darkness because I know my light makes a difference. Man, as the dark gets darker and we're seeing the dark get darker, the light gets brighter and people are attracted to the light. It's kind of amazing. In, in the, you take the dark and you, and you flip a light on and watch the bugs start coming to the, start coming to the light. That, that's kind of crazy. But, you know, people really are attracted to, to light. Sometimes they don't even really necessarily know why, but they're still attracted to light, coming to the place where they see light. I know my light makes a difference. It says, don't, you know, don't put a, a bushel, put a basket over your light. Let it shine for the whole world to see. That's what we're called to do is be that light. My imagination is active and alive to God. What I imagine is the framework for my future. I'm just thinking when, when we submit ourselves, our will, our mindsets to God, when, we're, when our mind is being renewed by His Word, by His Spirit, our imagination is becoming sanctified and glorified, and the more that we're around people that share testimony with one another, the more that we begin to think about these kind of things, the more that we're out of the world and into the Spirit, the more sanctified, glorified, and spiritual our thoughts become. So our imagination is then activated, spiritually activated, by the Spirit of God. I would just call it a sanctified imagination. And then we dream dreams. We see visions. And our imagination can end up taking us into the future, showing us and directing us how we need to be going through our imagination. My imagination is the framework for my future when it's a glorified, sanctified, spirit-filled imagination. And I am unreasonably optimistic. Do we not all have a reason to be unreasonably optimistic? Because I know all things work together for my good. All right. Declarations. We'll do those together here.
fact, yeah, we'll do those together here in a bit. I want to uh, share a couple of experiences. Um, Holy Spirit, what's the direction for next? Okay, uh, that's funny. Sometimes I've had several people come up to me and tell me, oh, I love your stories. I love your stories and how, how you relate and bring stories into, you know, into, into the teaching and into the mix in with the Word. And, you know, I really love that. And then I've had someone come to me and go, I will tolerate your stories till we get to the Word. <laughs> it's, a good, it's just a good thing that we don't try to please the people. We try to please God, <laughs> because there ain't no way to please the people. <laughs> so tolerate my story, please. Uh, this last week, it, like I said, amazing, incredible week, an, an adventurous week. Uh, I went out and I shot sporting clays with with a friend on Monday. That's, that's officially my day off, so. <laughs> on Monday, I went out and I shot sporting clays. If, how many of you have shot sporting clays? Oh, several of you. Awesome, awesome. Well, maybe I won't tell you my score then, but anyway, we went out and, and shot sporting clays and right up, I haven't done it in over a year, okay? Have not taken the time for over a year to shoot sporting clays. So we went out to the, to the to the range, to the, to the club, and uh, we started, and right off the bat, I had a little bit of problem with my gun, and then that thing, I've had a little shoulder issue for a while, and have you pray for my shoulder. Remember my right shoulder, just be praying for my right shoulder, I would love that, appreciate that. I want that thing healed. Uh, and that's, I'm dominant right eye, right hand, right everything, so that's what I'm going to shoot with. And I think I favored that a little bit. It's probably what happened. We got started right off the bat, and, and my gun started kicking me and bruised my cheek really good. You, you'll be able to see that. It's still a week later, and I still got a big mark under there. So I started, like, by the time we're at the second station, I already, my, my cheek hurts, and my shoulder hurt when I got there. So, oh, poor Lynn. But I went through, ended up finishing round one, two boxes, 50, sh 50 shells at the end of round one. Yeah, I, I finished. Not only did I finish, I finished strong. Not having done it for over a year, I shot a 45. Wow. Whoa, 45 out of 50, pretty impressive. With a lump forming, a mouse forming under my eye and a sore shoulder already. So the guy that I was with said, we're here. We should go around again. It's like, oh, I already feel like I've been beat up. But I wanted to be there with him. I wanted to do that. So we went around again. I got a couple, a couple times in a couple places. I'm feeling like I'm getting beat up and tortured. It's like, so I kept going. We had two stations left, one of them, uh, 10 shots left total. One of them had three different and, and the other one two. So 10 shots left. And I'm thinking, you know what? I, I think I'm just going to give you the rest of my shells and let you just practice some and let you finish 
And I even said that. It came out of my mouth. And then as I went back, it's like, you sissy. Don't be a sissy. Don't be a sissy. Finish strong. Finish strong. Suck it up. Grit your teeth. Suck it up. So I said, okay, all right. I'm having this talk with myself. So I, I got my shells and I got my gun and went to the next two stations and finished really strong. It's like, focus. There's some pain. There's definitely going to be some pain. Every time you pull that trigger, it's going to hurt again. But there's going to be some pain, but f- focus on what you're doing. I did, and I cleaned. I cleared the rest of, the, the rest of them. It's like, wow, thank you, Lord, that I didn't end up quitting and just handing my shells over. I, I finished. So as we're walking back, well, let me back up. In the second round, one of the stations, the, the friend that I was with, I shot 45, and he shot uh, <clears throat> 33. So we've moved on to the, to the second, you know, around the second time, and I was watching him. I just happened to be standing behind him. You know, you pull the, pull the, the trigger to make the, 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 the birds fly out there. And, and I said, uh, I just call him Bob here. I said, Bob, I can see why you're, you're, you're missing you're shooting above and behind. If you will just... It's like, he didn't ask me. I just, I just said it. And you know, unsolicited advice, you know what usually happens to that? It's like, you do it your way and I'll do it my way. He didn't say a word, but he, he, he did it. I watched him and he got the next two. So I said, man, awesome, awesome. It's like, if my shoulder didn't hurt, I would have patted myself on the back because, you know, hey, I gave you some great advice right there. Now I said, you know, good shooting, great adjustment. And I thought, oh, you probably didn't need to say it like that, Lynn. Anyway, we have finished up, and I finished strong. Like I said, I sucked it up, finished strong, and we're walking back to the, you know, to the clubhouse, and, and he says to me, he said, you know, I've got a really big thing, a big event coming up. And it in, involves shooting. It's like, oh, and that's why I came out here today. It's like, oh, oh. He says, did you see anything else that I was doing flagrantly wrong? It's like, man, you know, I, I, I'm really sorry that I wasn't paying more attention. But you know how men are really competitive, and everybody's a little bit competitive. And if you start giving advice, you say, I didn't come out here for you to be teaching me. I came out here to have some fun. And that's what, you know, what I was hearing in my head. But as we're walking back to the clubhouse, it's like, did you see anything else that I might do to improve? Because I have a big event coming up that involves shooting. It's like, Wow how uh, there's a word, I mean, there's a scripture that says, submit yourselves one to another in love. Submit yourselves one to another in love. And if we will submit ourselves to somebody that we see that could be, has been through something, that have, you know, spiritual fathers and mothers that have been through some stuff that could help you, that could speak into your life, if we would just submit to that, again, I say that stinking pride word, if we will put our pride behind us, step up and say, do you see something that is holding me back because I have this big event? You know, we're headed to a big event one of these days. 
to a really big event. And that's why we need, we as family, need one another to say, man, you know, I see this in your life, but if you're not asking me, it's pretty tough for me to just say, you know, Jerry, you need to just knock it off. If you don't keep quit doing that, spit that gum out right now, you know. That's blocking Holy Spirit in your life. I mean, you know. Now, back to, rea- back to being very, very real, that's something that we need to do for, to, and for one another, but we can't offer that if, we're not, if you're not open to it, I can't offer it. If you're not willing to, 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 to listen, then what good, does it do? what good does it do me to preach if you're not going to be listening to it? If you're not going to walk away from here and make some changes in your life because you heard something that maybe convicted you, it's like, oh, the Lord's speaking to me through this. I need to do something different about that. Then we're all wasting our time. It's like, I mean, not realizing he had a, a big event to go to where he was going to be competing with other relatives. I don't even know what all, what, what all it involved, but I just know it involves shooting. It's like, wow, you know, if I had known that up front, I could have helped you a lot because I watched, but what, what I, the correction I brought was something that was so flagrant. It's like, oh, my word. Are you with me? Okay. Um, Another story. You tolerated that one really well. (laughs) This was incredible. When I talk about this this week, two days later, I'm in... I, I, I come in and, and join the Wednesday prayer. If, if, man, if you ever need to end up having your spirit lifted, quickened, it's like, whew, come on Wednesday morning from 10 o'clock till 12 o'clock back there. It's like, wow, wow, wow. I get back there, not nearly often enough. Uh, I realized after Wednesday, like, man, powerful, powerful, powerful. I was in there and... We were worshiping, and as we were worshiping, Barb was teaching. She taught first. She was just teaching about love, 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 love. Then we went into worship, and in worship, I started to end up having an encounter during worship, and I started seeing something during worship there. It's like, and what I saw was something about that big round that looked like a a lamp, looked like a lampshade, a metal lampshade that I'm looking down on, you know, because it was below me a ways. So, from my perspective, it was like two feet, 18 inches to two feet, something like that. Metal lampshade. It's like, and I saw two hands, two pitchers, pouring. And when it was pouring s- silver to start with, pouring silver on the, on the lampshade, but it was molten silver coming out, you know, purified silver coming out of a like, And then there was gold being poured over the top of the silver. And more gold, more gold, more gold, to the point. I, all I shared on Wednesday morning was like, I saw gold and silver being poured out. I saw gold and silver being poured out. It's like, I'm just like, what in the world was that about? And it's like, huh. so 
Barb calls, and I, I still have that in my mind because I have just seen that. But where it quit, where this, this vision quit, it was pretty short. There was like 90% gold, but there was still like a strip of silver as, as that silver was being poured. 90% gold around that, and almost a pie-shaped strip of that was, was still silver. And I was thinking in my mind, it needs to finish and be gold, but it didn't. It, there was a strip of silver left in that. It's like, huh, weird. And I moved into, Barb called us in, and, and we sat three of three or four, I don't even remember, I was still just really zoned. Uh, presence of God just, boo. So we're sitting in a chair there, and I... I <laughs> I was describing that as being as my spirit being completely quickened. Do you know what quickened means? It's like this is my perspective, quickened. Like, you know, the quick is that, that right there under the edge of your fingernails that if you stick a little, prick that just a little bit, it's like, or you cut your fingernails a little bit too much, you cut them into the quick, and it's like... So when I, when I say... Quickened, quickened from the inside. Louis, stop it. <laughs> We're going to get something started here. Quickened from the inside out, my spirit quickened, and then my senses all come into being quickened as well. And to, to the point that it's just like, oh my goodness, everything is exaggerated. It's like Spirit of God on steroids right here that I'm, that I'm sensing. You know what I'm talking about? How many of you have experienced, you know exactly what I'm talking about? Okay. I've tried to explain this a time or two, and it's like, what are you talking about? It's like, oh, okay, maybe it's just me, maybe, <laughs> but it's not. Thank God. Uh, I'm, f I'm feeling that, and, 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 and Barb came over, and I mean, I'm just, I don't even know exactly for sure what all is around me because my spirit has been quickened and my senses are all just like like electricity kind of thing. And, uh, and Barb came over and I didn't even realize. And she had oil on her fingers and put it on my forehead. And I, was, I about tipped my chair over backwards because it's like, whoa. You know what I'm talking about. Okay. And, and then Donna came. Donna got down on her, on, her, on her hands and knees, and she anointed our feet. And she started a repentance prayer, just repenting. The, I believe for the, you know, I didn't even hear all of it because I'm still wrapped up in this, this amazing, powerful experience that I'm, that I'm having. And it's not new to me. I've had that, you know, many, many times. It happens a lot, but it was very, very intensified this time. It's just like... And Donna came and she just started repenting for the church, repenting for the nation, repenting before God for our nation, for our church. And I was just like, as that was happening, I was like, lampshade, lampstand, golden lampstand, golden lampstand. So I, I grab my phone while this is completing and, and I go to look up. I know it's in Revelation, the golden lamp stands. And so I grab it up to start looking for that because I know that this is connected now and I'm getting excited about it. And my phone says SIM card, not like, what in the world of all times? It wouldn't, it, my phone didn't work. So 
I jumped up, and I, I just jumped up and walked out, and I went back to my office, and I grabbed my Bible, and I opened it up to Revelation, second chapter of Revelation. And it's like, oh, 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 it makes sense. It makes sense. The lampshade was the lampstand and is gold, and it's 80, 90% gold, but there's a stripe of silver. I don't, I don't get that. I, I, think, I think I need to reimagine the whole thing as gold. But this morning, this, this came back to me, and I want to read this just really quickly. Uh, to John, it says, John's receiving this. It says, write the things which you've seen and the things which are and the things which will take place after this. The mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. And the seven lampstands which you saw are the seven churches. Jesus is the one who walks among the seven lampstands. It's like, oh, to the angel of the church of Ephesus, right? These things, says he, says Jesus, he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you've tested those who say they're apostles, and they're not, and have found them liars. You've persevered, and you have patience. You've labored for my name's sake, and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you... Unless you, man, this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm, I'm experiencing. And Donna comes up there, lays down on the, or gets down on her knees, then sits, then leans over, hands on our feet, and is repenting for the church, for the, for the nation. It's like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. That's why I had to run to grab my Bible to see just what in the world this is, this is all about. It's like, there is a purification. I just see a purification that's coming, that's happening. There, there has been a, a settling. It's like what? I'm just thinking. Okay, Lord, I, I'm going to keep that. I'm going to keep that silver stretch right there. And there was silver being poured first, and then, and then gold over the silver, laid over the silver completely, where it almost disappeared, but not completely. And, it's, and this morning, when I finally heard, it's like. People are willing to settle for so much less. Silver has so much less value than gold. But I am purifying from pure gold. And I want my church, the lampstands that I walk among, that are to go back to your first love, which is my presence, not the plans, not the things that you do, the things that I, you know, the things, you've done a lot of work, you've done a lot of work, you've done some amazing things, but I want you back to your and my first love. The first work, which is receiving my love, which is giving my love, which is spending time in my presence. It's about the presence, not the plans, folks. It's about the presence of God and going back to His presence and the purification that comes and happens in His presence. It's like, wow. 
And my church is not yet purified. We're not walking amongst... <laughs> not, I, I knew that it was for... That that one that I was looking down on was this church. But I think it represents the church, I believe. That it represents the church. But it, where he's pouring and he's purifying. But there's also someone that's trying to, for second best, to be pouring. You know, silver's good enough. Silver's good enough. Silver's good enough. No, 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 no. We need to repent and we need to seek and we need to go back to our first love and the first works to see God move, to see Him fully pleased with His bride that is walking among solid, purified, molten gold, solidified. Donna, would, would you, I think, two, I think two things, I'd like to close, I'd like to end up having Donna come up, I would like, and then, uh, first, I would like us to do the, to the declarations, we've, we've heard and we understand what the declarations are, I'm thinking, I want to say one more thing first, but as Donna comes up here. It's like when we focus on our first love, that's Jesus Christ. When we focus on the love of Jesus, when we focus on the presence of Jesus in our lives, who he is, what he does, the power that he has, but the love that he has for us. He says, those who keep my commands, I will manifest myself to. Where we get to experience his goodness, where we get all of those manifestations that he has for us. It's like, oh, we just get to bask in his goodness and his love when we go back to that. But I was thinking of the works, the works, the things that we need to do, the things that, that we need to accomplish. And this was Part of the other message, I'm, I'm bringing the two together a little bit. It's like, don't, we don't need to be focused on the don't do's. When our focus is on Jesus and when our focus is on loving Him and receiving Him and His love and doing what He's calling us to do, and that's just, you know, to love Him and to share that love it says Romans 10 10 10 9 and 10 says believe in your heart and confess with your mouth another scripture that says out of the abundance of your heart the mouth speaks so when we have Jesus in our heart when we know who we are in him and <laughs> and what we have in him we can't help but speak about his goodness and what he is in our lives out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks that we just receive his love in our hearts and then we can effectively love other people and that's what we're called to do but when I think repent repent it's like I remember as a as a young young Christian thinking I can't do this and I can't do this this is a don't 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 but when you focus on the doo doo, no, do do this, do do this. 
I want you to do this. I just say when we focus on the do-dos, do these things, or the to-dos, I think it probably better makes more of a focus on the do-dos, then our, our focus, we don't really have time. When we're focusing on this is what I want you to do, I want you to follow me. Be conformed into my image. Be conformed into my image. Do what I've called you to do. And when we focus on what he's calling us to do, when we do the do this, instead of focusing on, we can become so sin conscious and so focusing on the don't do's that we get caught up in that mess and just go around and around in circles. When we focus on the here's what I want you to do, it's just love on me and receive what I have for you, son or daughter. When our focus is there, we just don't have time for the don't do stuff. It's not a worry anymore. I want Donna to, 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 to lead us in, in this prayer of repentance like not like, like something completely different. We're, we're after fresh manna, but what we experienced the other Wednesday morning is what I want all of us to experience. So I, I just encourage you. First thing we're going to do is we're going to stand and we're going to read these declarations. Then while we're standing, some of us are going to turn around. When I think humble yourselves. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, I will hear from heaven and answer their prayers and heal their land. This is an opportunity for us. When I think of, of humbling myself, it's get on my knees. It's get on my knees. How long has it been since you've been on your knees before the Lord? Turned around like old school in your seat, put your face in, in, in your seat and just and just seek God. Let Him show you what needs to be happening and taking place in your life so we can see a complete golden lampstand that this church will be a golden lampstand. Everybody take your declarations. My vision for the future gives purpose to the present. Okay. I can choose what I think about. I don't trust any thought that doesn't have hope attached to it. I get my identity from the Word of God, not from my past. I have permission to be as glorious as I want to be. When I repent, I change the way I think. I put on the new man by renewing the spirit of my mind with the Word of God. I'm so convinced I can do what Jesus did that failure doesn't faze me. I give myself permission to make mistakes so I can learn. I don't complain about the darkness because I know my light makes a difference. My imagination is active and alive to God. What I imagine is the framework for my future. 
I'm unreasonably optimistic. And I am about to repent. Donna. And I just encourage you, if you want to come to the altar, if you want to turn around and put your face in the seat, what I want her to do is to pray first, and then I want each of us. See, when when I'm hearing somebody pray and I'm in a, in a prayer meeting, maybe it's my whatever you call it, but I don't really do any of my own praying. I, I'm, I'm listening because I can't compete with someone who prays loud or really prays eloquently or, or fluidly. So I just, I just begin to listen. I want you to listen, to listen to Donna. I want you to absorb what she's saying. And then I want all of us, I want to take about a few minutes after that we're going to end up having a song here. We're standing on holy ground. And we're going to end up in that song. We're going to just see what God has to say to us. Yeah, that's where we're going. We're going to stand up. We're going to just stay standing. And we'll see what happens next. Are you in a hurry? We're in the presence of God right now. We don't need to get in a hurry, do we? Good. Good. Okay, Donna. Almighty God, Eternal Father, today we come up into the courts of heaven. We ascend into the heavenly places through the blood of the Lamb. And Lord, your word says, for the measure you use is what's measured back to you. So God, we come with outrageous, extravagant love. We cry out for mercy. We cry out on behalf of our nation. We cry out on behalf of the body and bride of Christ. We cry out for those who do not yet know you. We stand in the gap and we humbly seek your face. We cry out on the blood of Jesus to cover, to cleanse, and to rescue all that is lost. Today, God, we cry out for humility to rule over our nation, that we will bow ourselves humbly before our King and Creator, and we will be fully codependent on King Jesus from this day forward. We repent for small-mindedness. We repent for compromise. We repent for doctrines of devils that have tickled our ears into complacency. God, we are coming out of the spirits of religion and antichrist. We're coming out now as bold lions and lionesses that will roar not with anger but with love over our nation and over our cities. For God, just as you've chosen us and called us, we now loose that hope that love, that grace, and that loving kindness over our nation. God, today is a rescue mission of heaven. We declare and decree that from this day forward, we are going to press in to the very presence, power, and word of God. Lord, we repent for coming into agreement with doctrines of devils and witchcraft agendas. Lord, we're coming out of all works of perversion, wickedness, and darkness, and we are being rescued even this day in the spirit of resurrection 
resurrection power and life through Christ Jesus. And Lord, we declare that those who are in bondage, those who are in addiction, those who are in doctrines of devils and the lies of the enemy, we say enough is enough. No more for today. Truth is arising. Hope is arising. Grace is expanding every day. And God, we declare and decree that from this day forward, we're going to be a people that have hearts that beat just for you. God, we lay aside our agendas and our spirituality ideologies. And we say, if it's not what you've destined for us to do, we will put that aside at your feet. And we will say, here am I, oh God. Use me as you see fit. Lord, we declare that we're going to not be lukewarm anymore. We break off the spirit of lukewarmness, and we're going to be fiery hot from this day forward. We're coming out. We're coming out. We're coming out of the bondages, out of the darkness. And today we declare freedom. Freedom. We lose the hope of the Lord over our nation. We lose the righteous movement of God over our nation. Lord Jesus, your blood washed all sin. And we declare that fullness of forgiveness now over ourselves, over our families, over our generations, past, present, and future. We come out of evil mindsets right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we're coming out of these ideologies. We will not revisit the darkness of the past. We're going to press forward and onward as mighty soldiers dressed for battle. So God, today I declare that this is the day that the armor of God's light and truth is coming back to dress us to be ready for battle. That we're not going to go on the battlefield naked and afraid. We're going out empowered and emboldened in the authority, word, and will of our, our God Almighty. I lose the spirit of grace and truth and cleansing over the body of Christ. Father, I declare a miracle over the body of Christ that true, true hearts, true sons, true daughters, that we're going to become so genuine. Who cares about a counterfeit? We want to be genuine, King Jesus, for you. Genuine, purified in the fire of God. And Lord, as you displayed with the spirit of Elijah, I thank you and praise you that the spirit of Elijah is coming back into this planet. And God, it is not your heart to just bring down lightning and thunder for no reason but God you're the standard against strange fire so right now we declare the true fire of God is going to consume strange fire from this day forward and we give you thanks and praise God that from today forward we are experiencing the Holy Ghost heavenly turnaround we are